1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Fight Night Extra on
2: TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra with me, Gareth Davis, and one half of the Fight Disciples, Nick Pete. Today, yes, we're all about the heavyweight division. Three massive fights announced in two days, because after weeks and months of speculation and rumour, we finally have the heavyweight division, the slumbering heavyweight division on the move, signed, sealed, and delivered for some, if not all, the biggest names in the division. Anthony Joshua and Dillian White will meet once again eight years after they faced off. The pair will go toe to toe on August the 12th in London. We'll hear from both men as well as promoter Eddie Hearn who spoke to us on Monday afternoon at a press conference in West London. We'll also be hearing from Frank Warren because Tyson Fury also has a fight signed and sealed. He's taking on the former UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou. Plus, we'll hear from what Alexander Usyk's camp makes of it all. Of course, Usyk is defending three of the world title belts to Daniel Dubois on August the 26th in Poland. And we'll get a quick look ahead to this weekend's fights as well. Lots to get through. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport2.
3: We want to make fights happen for our guys, and Tyson's been training constantly for a fight. So, it'll be a massive game changer. I'm the
1: boxing heavyweight champion, UFC heavyweight champion. And we're gonna find out who is the baddest mother f- on the planet. With Inguano oh! oh! goes the room. Francis
4: Inguano
5: has arrived. Oh!
2: One of the most electric fighters in the world, and Dana White was only paying him 500k. He deserves big payday. Big strong guy,
3: full of muscles, and. Very accurate very big puncher, so you know it'll, it would definitely make for
4: an interesting brawl, that's for sure. Is Francis gonna game changer?
2: I guarantee you, you'll to me in a couple of weeks. That's a game changer. Welcome, Nick. How are
4: you? I'm good, thank you, Gareth. Yeah, good. I'm nice and refreshed after a good couple of nights' sleep because uh, I was in Vegas last week, as you know, for UFC 290, which was a heck of an event.
2: It was indeed. We'll uh, we'll have a little look at that as we. Uh, pick over what is happening in the heavyweight division. Obviously, it was a pivotal week for the heavyweight division. Anthony Joshua uh, signs a fight one day. Over in Poland, there's a press conference just before that with uh, Alexander Usyk and Daniel Dubois. And then the day after, yesterday, absolute chaos, when we kind of knew this, really, that the, the Naganu fight was in the making, but not many people. They kept very tight-lipped about it. But it was happening in Saudi the game changer that frank warren had teased on talk sport a couple of weeks ago i was there when he talked about it with white and jordan or white and sawyer i jordan and sawyer on the day of course and natalie was hosting for jim um that the big game changer really is that they've signed with saudi arabia but a different government organization riyadh season they're called um than Um, Prince Khalid and Skills Challenge, which I don't know, throws up a very, very interesting and different situation. I don't know yet, if I'm honest, what the relationship is between those different Saudi groups. I mean, obviously everything, it's a kingdom and everything emanates from government there. Um, But I just wonder whether this moves us closer to this Game of Thrones that's happening? Is it all Machiavellian behind the scenes? Do Are they all plotting and planning towards this anyway? Are we going to see Fury and Yusik if they both win in Saudi Arabia next year? Has this been the master plan all along, maybe? Yeah, 100%. You know, I... I've been
4: saying it since the start of the year. I even said it on this show a few weeks ago. Gareth, you've even been saying that, you know, a couple of these fights that you'd seen them coming over the hill. Let's break them down one by one. AJ versus Dillian White was all but done at the end of last year. We knew it was the only fight that AJ wanted this summer to build towards something big at the end of the year. We knew Dillian White had signed back with Matchroom on the zone to get the fight with AJ. So no surprise whatsoever that that fight is happening. Alexander Usik defended against Daniel Dubois, who's his leading contender for one of his belts. That's a mandatory fight. We kind of knew that fight was going to happen because Alexander Usik, in this entire conversation, is an actual fighting man. He is the guy that will fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. His entire career has proven that. And he wants to keep the belts because he wants the legacy of being the undisputed champion to stay alive. And the only way he does that is by keeping hold of these belts, by hook or by crook. If Daniel Dubois is the guy, then he will face Daniel Dubois. I don't think he necessarily wants to, but he wants to keep the belt. So that doesn't surprise me either. And then finally, of course, We're going to Saudi Arabia for the big top. Big Frank Warren's putting a big top up in Saudi. He's going to put a nice big top hat on. He's going to shake around a nice big stick. The circus is in town. But you know what? This is sports entertainment, Gareth. At the end of the day, they did it with Mayweather Pacquiao. It's absolutely no surprise that Tyson Fury, who's all about the money, who's all about making the biggest noise possible, is going the direction of Francis Ngannou. Because Francis Ngannou is kind of the path of least resistance. But the path with the most headlines attached to it.
2: Yeah, I think you meant um, Mayweather and McGregor there, not Pacquiao, which was two years earlier. Yeah. You <laughs> meant McGregor. No, no, we were all there. No, it's not easy pack. to, make, easy the to make the mistake, but a very similar kind of circus in a sense that it generated five or six hundred million US dollars, 500 million US dollars uh, back in 2017, now, wasn't it? That's yeah. like six years ago. The landscapes changed so much. Um, you know, I remember the boxing purists then not being happy about it, you know, that, that that Mayweather was having his 50th fight against Conor McGregor, but they were two masterful self-promotion guys themselves. Yeah. So it really worked. It was an extraordinary event, bringing together top rank, uh, bringing together with the UFC. the UFC, seeing Dana White sitting next to Bob Arum was very unusual. There were double press conferences. It was a fascinating event. You know, I think this is interesting. I'm delighted for Ngannou, by the way, because I think he was always underpaid in the UFC. So he may earn 20 times what his official fee is. uh,
4: Sorry, Gareth. What what are you led to believe is going to be Ngannou's fee here? Because the UFC had offered him $8 million a fight on a three-fight deal, so $24 million to stay with them. And he walked away from that to obviously take this opportunity. And let's be honest, he takes this opportunity. There is no fight after this, not in boxing anyway, because I think Tyson Fury does what Mayweather did to Conor McGregor. I think it's a mismatch, of course. So what are you led to believe the money on the table for Francis ganu Any indication yet? I don't think it'll be less than 10 million.
2: Um, I wouldn't have thought so. No, and... and but his his official purse for his last fight was five hundred thousand or six hundred thousand. Yeah, but we, I know.
4: But me and you both know that's not what he earned. You know, come on.
2: Well, I come don't, on, don't we know, know the UFC. We know what the Uf- how the
4: UFC works. That's well. He not wasn't what happy
2: with his UFC deal, was he? Of course, Taylor? he wasn't I, exactly happy with it. for one reason th- or another.
4: I think he realised that in the UFC, he he had attained the title finally after years of campaigning as baddest man on the planet. Because that that title does belong to the UFC champion these days. I think it's a multifaceted martial art. Mm. I think everybody appreciates that. He'd finally got that title after years of trying. He'd made a single defense of that belt and he thought, you know what? This is the best opportunity. He'd always dreamed about boxing when he was, when he was fleeing Cameroon. And the, and the sand mines and everything else. He never dreamt of being UFC champion. He dreamt of being the world heavyweight champion in yeah. boxing. And it was only over the course of time where when he finally got to Paris, he found an MMA gym and they said, this is the sport for you. So I get the way he's coming back to realize his dreams. He's a wealthy man anyway. This is fantastic for him. I completely agree. The, the problem we've got is that comparing it to Mayweather and McGregor, it's not even in the same stratosphere of that fight because Mayweather was a multi-million pay-per-view time-and-again star. Likewise, Conor McGregor, the biggest star we've ever seen in the sport of MMA. Millions and millions of pay-per-view buys with every fight. Mayweather had cleaned out boxing. He'd fought everybody. He'd fought generations of, le- of, of superstars to become the superstar that he was. Likewise, Conor McGregor had cleaned out two weight divisions and he'd beaten a mm. bit of a who's who of everybody. And the timing of that fight was perfect. It was like lightning in a bottle to make an absolutely incredible amount of money to rinse the U.S. pay-per-view market, which is why it took place in Las Vegas and they had the world tour. This is different. This is a one-off payment from the Saudis to put this fight on. They're going, they've already banned it, baddest man on the planet, so who's the main guy. But Francis and Ganu, his biggest Pay per view was the three hundred and fifty thousand buys. Tyson Fury sells incredibly well here in the UK. Does well in the US because of the Wilder fights, but they're in a very different place where Mayweather and McGregor was. So that's why that's why this one's interesting because Tyson has got lots of options. You know, I get why Francis is doing it. He wants to make mm. as much money as possible. He wants to cross over. He wants to roll a dice and try and realize a dream. But with Tyson, I'm a bit like, hmm come on, man, you know, we, you've just done Chisora and Dillian White, this is the best
2: you can do, the heavyweight champion of the world, I don't know how you feel. Um, we're going to get into that later on in the show, we're going to do a whole section on it, but how do I feel about it? Of course, I'd rather him defending his WBC title to number four, Frank Sanchez, or number five, Arslan Makhmoudov, Arslan yeah. Um I'd... The two fights I really want to see him in are against Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usy- Usyk. at the top of that pile. Of course, I want to see those fights. Um, only time is going to tell on this how we end up talking about Tyson Fury's career in a couple of years' time. Um, you know, he's not fate flavor of the month at the moment. Um, I think they are. I think they are looking to do the Usyk fight next year. I think Frank Warren's argument that we'll hear later is: look, Tyson Fury has become such a big name, we're able to do this. Um, But I mean, I think they could have done this in Saudi Arabia. Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou as well—that would have worked. Um, We are in a time when there is enormous amounts of money sloshing around. It's not Las Vegas anymore. Um, I do agree; it was very different when Mayweather and McGregor fought. They both had become stratospheric in in their careers mayweather over many years and conor mcgregor was on that huge rise like huge rise at the time you know at the summit of the of his career really i think i think the fight with mayweather was the summit of his career um i don't think conor mcgregor has been the same since um but it's very easy to criticize the wbc belt cannot be on the line for this fight obviously um but there will, be a, they, there, will be a, there will be, I think uh, we both know, there will be a version of a WBC Yeah, I'm sure the WBC will create a <laughs> I think they did with Mayweather and McGregor, didn't they? They, they did. They of, course about, they did. Yeah. of course they um, did. But I, I know, and also, the rules around the WBC mean that Fury doesn't need to do a mandatory until December, which maybe needs looking into as well. Um, yeah. You know, so they're not doing anything... Um, lawless here, but yep. it's just the whole division has been stretched for a long time. We've talked about this for months and months, you and I, all of us, um, and, and and the situation is ego, money and timing. Those are the three things. And it's all based around the huge pots available in Saudi Arabia. Um, and that's what's happened here. That's the game changer here. Fury against Ngannou would not have worked in the UK or America, but it works in Saudi because they are getting an enormous purse and an enormous site fee. That's the only reason it's happening right now in my view. It's look, it's not what we want. It it's not what we 100% want, but we'll all watch it. Fury has to do a number on Ngannou who's never had a boxing professional boxing match in his life. We don't know how many rounds it is. I imagine it's ten rounds and it's three judges and it's ten point must system, apparently. So, you know, like you say, it it is a big circus, you know, it's a big circus tent in Saudi Arabia in Riyadh. Um it's a sideshow to the heavyweight division. The real clash of the Titans will come next year, hopefully, when Yusick and Fury step into a ring together for the undisputed title, which almost certainly looks like it's going to be in the Middle East. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we'll hear from Frank Warren, who joined TalkSport yesterday following Tyson Fury's announcement that he will fight Francis Ngannou. Next up, though, we'll hear from Anthony Joshua and Eddie Hearn. This
5: one's a banger. Release your anger. I told him straight, Dylan, look, I knocked you out clean when we fought. But I said, let's forget about that, because we both developed. So let's prove who's a better fighter now. Don't understand us when we speak like Surely no way up here for Dylan White. It's
4: stopped.
1: It's over. AJ says, I think we should fight Dylan White. <laughs> it's a great fight for the British public. He's dangerous. I'm dangerous. Dylan, the with It's a division. You can't bank and you have to take what is there, man. I think it's a good fight, um, good domestic dust-up. And if anyone can bring that fire back, it's going to be Dillian. The styles are
4: perfect for him to go and see if the old Anthony Joshua is still there. And by the way, if you do lose to Dillian White,
3: you're done anyway. This is a fight.
2: You're listening to Fight Not Extra on TalkSport 2 with me, Gareth Davis, and, and Nick Pete. So, look, let's get into this, Nick. Let's hear from Joshua. He sat down with Spencer Oliver on Monday morning and said he's disappointed by some of the criticism he has got recently, specifically from Talk Sports.
5: Now, we'll just keep it factual. One is just general haters. And the second one is people who want me to do better. And I love that. So it's just, is what it is. But let's let's be clear on what it is as well. There is... Uh, and a, let's call it an attack on my name, especially mm-hmm. on this talk sport <laughs> radio station. Yeah, there is definitely an attack on, on my name, but it's fine, it's fine, you know, in this industry you have to have a thick skin, but it's good to talk about it. Like that was just one example of many I could point out um, on how there's like parallel comparisons, but one gets dug out a lot more. Mm. Look, we go back to 2015, you two had an unbelievable fight,
1: like I yeah. say, it ended in a seventh round victory for yourself. Fast forward now, you're both more mature, you're both more experienced. Yes. But I'm expecting the same sort of fight, but I'm expecting the same sort of thing I'll be as before. If it
5: can end in seven rounds, that's easy work. Seven rounds is easy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. seven rounds, what's that, 15, what's that, 18 minutes of mm-hmm. work? Yeah. Oh, well, mate, that'll be brilliant.
1: But this fight that'll will be, brilliant. This, listen, Josh, I think this fight starts fast. I think Dillian White recognises that this is a big opportunity for him. Yeah. Really, you didn't have to step up and, and take this fight. A lot of people see this as a high risk. Why was it you step, stepped up and took this fight where you could have gone another route, Deontay Wilder out in Saudi? Do you know what?
5: I think every fighter is a risk. Let's, let's hold people accountable on this talk show now. Since people at this talk show don't like to do it. <laughs> so... I could have taken another route for sure, but I thought, why wait around? I've been waiting around a long time. I was supposed to fight uh, Fury a, a while ago in the summer, then he had his arbitration. And I realize now, I'm not waiting. I can't be bothered. I'm not chasing. I can't be bothered. Reason being, look, when Fury said that he's training for Usyk, he's getting his fight planned for April 29th, he's ready, then Sugar Hill came out and said, nah, I ain't training Fury. What are you talking about? I'm with Lawrence Coley. Like... These are just waffle and waste time. So I'm sure is keen to fight, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Mm. You see what it is, yeah? You know someone who wants to earn, and you know someone who wants to work. Whatever people say about Dylan, the man wants to work. He's a Mm. working man, and he's a fighting man. That's a fighting man, not someone who, who says they're fighting man and nah. Dylan's a fighting man. Look at his record in that sense as well. He's been in with some of the top contenders of this this era. So, yeah, that's why he's here. Not because of me, because of himself. It's who he is, and that's why I'm sitting here. Not because of him, it's because of who I am as a person. That's what draws fighters together.
2: Does he have a fair argument there, Nick, or not?
4: I don't think so. I think he's, you know, he's been criticised for some of the performance he's put in, lacklustre performances, the choice of opponents. I think that's fair across the board. I think Tyson Fury, as we've just picked out in the first part of this show, has also come in for criticism. If these guys just fought the best possible opponents, um, then I don't think there'd be any kind of issues, but it's all politically motivated. It's generally all financially motivated. Now, listen, I'll, I'll be clear as day. In, look at the last 10 fights of... Tyson Fury and the last 10 fights of Anthony Joshua. You can't compare the levels. Anthony Joshua has fought at a much higher level much more consistently Mm -hmm. than the best heavyweight on the planet. There's there's a criticism directed at Fury and celebrating Anthony Joshua. I'll give you that, but the main criticism at the moment, of course, is where is Joshua at today? Since the Usyk back-to-back defeats Where is he at right now? And those questions need to be answered against Dillian White because last time out against a knockover opponent in Jermaine Franklin, he didn't manage to knock him over. So, uh, listen, I like it when AJ's prickly. I like it when he's a little bit truculent with the media because it means that that nasty streak is coming back. But whether he can produce it inside the ring, well, we're going to have to wait and find out on August the 12th.
2: Well, he's a very different fighter now to when these two last met. They were kind of raw, inexperienced novices in some ways, who knocked lumps out of each other in a blood fest over seven rounds seven and yeah. a half years ago. They're kind of prize fighters now, aren't they? They're they they money weights. Neither of them has got the world title. They both lost three fights. They're older and wiser. And I think they were very different this week. I think I think there was a there wasn't a nastiness about Joshua saying that people have been critical of him. And my argument is we kind of expect so much from him. The expect we expect so much from all of them. Then that's what we're that's what we're talking to. Like the things you're saying, the things I'm saying now. We we expect so much of them. Um, in in a world that's that is heavily critical of every move now, um, where you know citizen journalism, where everybody publishes their view everywhere. This wasn't always out there when seven years ago that wasn't out there. And people are fully entitled to their views on things. People are paying their money as fans to make these guys wealthy outside yeah. the deals that are struck with TV companies uh, and so on. But I think what I liked about Anthony Joshua this week was, and I, I, he's, I made him my fighter of the week on William Hill this week because I love the fact he's stepping up to fight Dillian White when there's the jeopardy of him losing out on what we're told could be a 60 million US dollar fight for him with Deontay Wilder and I asked Eddie Hearn or Eddie Hearn confirmed that Saudi will pull the Wilder fight if AJ loses, here's Eddie with with Spencer Oliver.
1: I mean that was part of the conversations with Saudi Arabia last week Mm. which was basically from their side, please don't fight Dillian White just if you're going to fight, I mean, please don't fight at all, but please don't fight Dillian White because if you do and you lose, this fight's off. And I'm sitting there, you know, I know the number Mm. and I'm thinking, we don't need to fight Dillian White, you know. And and like I say, it's such a high risk fight but stylistically, it always causes AJ problems. But but does it bring the best out of If you can't beat Dillian White, it's probably unlikely you beat Deontay Wilder. I mean, anything could happen in heavyweight boxing. But, People keep talking about the risks and the downside of getting beat. I look at the upside. If AJ goes in with a dominant display against Dillian White in a good fight and stops him and looks great, the momentum going into the Deontay Wilder fight, at the moment, people looking at the Wilder fight going, oh, that's a bad fight for AJ. You're only ever one performance from from changing things mentally to say, do you know what, I fancy this now. I'm I'm convinced he beats Deontay Wilder, but I want to see him go back to his ways against Dillian Wyatt, look ferocious and, and win well. But for Dillian Wyatt, he's thinking, I'm going to jump in and get the, the
2: Wilder fight in Saudi. Mm. You know, and he's rolling the dice as well. Absolutely right, of course, because it doesn't work. People were saying win, lose or draw, Nick, that um, Anthony, Joshua or AJ would get the fight with Wilder. Does That doesn't work, no. you know. Um, it's a bit like if Fury loses to Nganu, they've got a problem on their hands even though he's going to be able to defend the WBC title next. He might have to rematch Ngannou to prove something. It's the way fights work, isn't it? It's the rhythm of things. Is it unfair on Dillian White that he doesn't get to step into that breach automatically against um, Deontay Wilder, a guy he pursued for years as part mandatory challenger, a fight he wanted. Why Wilder took it, I don't know. I don't know at the time why Wilder never fought him. But is it unfair on Dillian White in your view? It is unfair on
4: Dillian White, but you know the, the best way to force that conversation is by obliterating Anthony Joshua. Yeah, And then you can sing from the heavens and you can make as much noise as possible. And I truly believe if, if Anthony Joshua gets stopped by Dillian White, that's probably the end of Auntie Joshua. And that's no criticism of AJ whatsoever. I just think psychologically, that kind of a blow would set him back too far. I think this fight is happening because AJ wants it to happen. AJ Correct. always wanted to fight Dillian White in the build-up to a big showdown with Deontay Wilder because that's, that's the huge gamble is Deontay Wilder getting him Has AJ got the skills to avoid the big punches to take him apart? And if you can't do that to Dillian White, then you certainly can't do it to to Deontay Wilder. So that's why the Dillian White fight is happening because they and there's no rematch clause, and that's because AJ's like, well, listen, if I can't beat Dillian White then I don't want to go forward and fight Deontay Wilder. So let's just fight White. Let's have a big show at the O2. Let me show you what I've been learning in Dallas. I've added strings to me both. Come on again since Jermaine Franklin. I'm ready to, if not pull the trigger, put on a bit of a boxing masterclass and make a statement that will remind the people where I am in the standings, but also for his own confidence, go, right, okay, I've just dealt with Dillian White. That's a fight that brings needle. He's an opponent that comes to win every single time. Now I'm ready. For Deontay Wilder, let's get these negotiations going.
2: Yeah, very smart move from him, I think, psychologically. Um, and going, Eddie Holmes admitted it; he didn't really want him to fight Dillian White. Two five eight management didn't really want him to fight Dillian White. Risky fight for him, but that's yep. why you have to applaud him. There's jeopardy there, like there is with Alexander Usyk fighting Daniel Dubois, even though he's a twelve to one. I think it's twelve to one on to win that fight, uh, Usyk. Um, this, yeah, is, this is a
4: better fight than that, though. This is this is, in my opinion, oh, this is a the, better
2: fight. Oh, it is. Uh, out of
4: the out of the three heavyweight fights that have been made, and you know, uh, I use that term loosely a little bit with Fury, but out of the three fights that have been made in this heavyweight division, head and shoulders, the closest, the nearest to a 50-50, is absolutely AJ versus Dillian White part
1: two.
2: Yeah, well, let's uh, let's listen to Dillian White. Um, he expects fireworks on August the twelfth. Here's what he had to tell us.
1: It may just erupt in the first round. I may be a bit more cautious approach from both of us. But it's going to be one hell of a fight. It won't take us long to get into it. Mm. You know, we might just pick up from from round seven onwards.
2: Such an important fight for Dillian White. So much for him to gain. And the thing is with him, if he loses or how he loses, he can still come back and have more fights because that's, that's his personality now. He's just a he's just a warrior in the heavyweight division who will fight anyone if the fights are there for him. I think they did so well to force this fight. And I, as I say, I applaud AJ again for taking it. I still see AJ as the favourite, Nick. Um, But again, it's a fight we're looking forward to seeing on August the 12th. Of course, it's live on TalkSport. We'll be doing all the build-up into that. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. We'll get some fallout from Camp Usyk shortly. Alex Krasiuk spoke with me yesterday on Boxing Social. Next up, though, Tyson Fury will be making his return to the ring in October in Saudi Arabia, of course, to face Francis Garnu. Not everyone is happy. You're listening to Fight Night Extra on Talksport Two with me, Gareth Davison, and the one and only Nick Pete. Well, we talked about it at the top: Fury versus Ngannou. So many issues to get over. Frank Warren joined Talksport yesterday, spoke on Drive, defending his decision to stage the fight in Saudi Arabia. One is
3: uh, the un- I think he's un- um, who's the champion of UFC. He's in the uh, Guinness Book of Records as the hardest. Ever puncher and he's in with Tyson. It's a fight we made. And let me tell you why we why did we make the fight because we tried to make the fight with Usyk, we tried to make it with uh Joshua, and neither of them wanted to know. Frank, was there was there nobody else out there? Because I, I again, well, well, well who will tell me who else is out there. first of all? And the other thing is, everybody's was this, this whole division was stagnate, stagnant because everybody was waiting for a a big show in December, which we were told a couple of weeks ago will now be pushed back to the first quarter of 2024. So what are we going to do? Sit around waiting. They said that nothing could be done in Saudi. Well, something is being done in Saudi, and this is the fight that's being made, and, it's a, and, and, and we're doing the deal with a different group of people in Saudi. So there's a market credit. It's a massive game changer as far as the sport's concerned, as far as doing shows in Saudi. And more importantly, Tyson is busy. You know, he's not fighting. I mean, he's not, you know, you look at the fight they've announced yesterday for uh, Joshua against Dillian White. We all see Dillian White and uh, Tyson last year. I mean, it wasn't
2: I mean, even a race. Mm. Tyson done an absolute job. So, Nick, um, Fury versus Ngannou, we called it weeks ago. It was a, uh, a badly kept secret, but we didn't know this detail. It was happening in Saudi Arabia and that it was with a different promotional group from within the Saudi government Riyadh season it's the fourth year of the Riyadh season it's music it's sport it's entertainment they do two months of the year don't they in our autumn where they do events there um money-wise and status-wise it makes sense um but does it make a mockery of his WBC belt right now there are people saying he should vacate his belt as I said to you earlier They're within the laws of the WBC uh, mandates. He doesn't have to do a mandatory until December. So as Frank said just there, which you can't really argue with in lots of ways, the reason they're able to do this is because it's Tyson Fury, the guy who's got this extraordinary story, who's two-time heavyweight champion in the world, who sings after events, who's crossed over in a way in mainstream uh, life. He's got this Netflix series about to come out um, in in August they've gone for this because they said the timing was right and the money was right and it's the Tyson Fury show and that's what it is really with Nganu there as a guy that could change history if he maybe hits him with a big punch it,
4: You're right there the money's right, that's what it is it, it, it's a cash grab just like Derek Chisola was a cash grab um, the Saudi governments have come the Saudis have come along and said listen don't do the Usyk thing yet. Don't even do the AJ thing yet. Let's do this circus show with Francis and Ganu. We'll throw a bunch of money at it. The reason it's not happening in the UK or the US is because it doesn't do anything in pay per view. They don't generate the kind of anywhere near the kind of money that the Saudis are clearly putting up for this event, i.e., for it to make it happen. So, I think it's not surprising, but. Pathetic that the WBC have given him a clear pathway until December of this year, being in mind he hasn't made a mandatory defence of his WBC world title since the Dillian White fight, which was, what, April 2022. So they've given him a pass, basically, for the best part of, what's that, 20, 20 months without having to face a mandatory contender. That's what's damaging to boxing. You know, this is what's killing the sport. Is that these guys it's, be-
2: But it's not killing the sport.
4: Yeah, but sport. it is killing the sport because these guys... I so, no, so the it's not the, killing the sport, that, Yeah, but if I was in the heavyweight division, to be ranked by the WBC top 15, you have to pay the WBC to be a part of their clean boxing program. Correct. So if I'm one of the 14 other guys, below Tyson Fury, paying money to be in their clean boxing program, continuing to do fights with other guys in and around the rankings, and they say to their champion, yeah, you haven't got to face any of these 14 for 20 months. I'll be mm. like, well, I'll tell you what, I ain't paying to be in the WBC rankings anymore. What's the point? If you're not going to call a mandatory on them? why are we even fighting each other? It's completely and utterly stalled the division. And with all due respect to Tyson, as I said at the top of the show, you can count on one hand the number of top 10 ranked guys he's fought in his entire career and yet he's going to do fights like this. It's not good for boxing, Gareth, that the number one guy, the heavyweight champion of the world, is allowed to just pick and choose who he fights whenever he wants.
2: I agree with that. The number one heavyweight champion of the world should be defending his belt. As I said earlier, Frank Sanchez, Os, Landbeck, Mahmoudov could have been opponents right now because they couldn't get Deontay Wilder. It could be Deontay Wilder again now. There's nothing wrong with that fight. That could be happening. Could be Andy Ruiz. But money is in the way of this. I don't agree with you that it's killing boxing, though. Boxing's always been like this. I don't agree with it's killing boxing. That's an MMA term. No, but what, but what, what...
4: The difference is, though, Gareth, MMA didn't exist in a different period. It's true. Was no that's threat true. That's from true. another sport, which that, delivers champion versus number one contender every single fight. In, as you know, in the UFC, the champion gets injured and sits out for six months. He doesn't come back and handpick the guy ranked number 30. He comes back and he fights the number one contender. That's what boxing in the modern day is competing with. and it's Not matching that's killing it.
2: It is, but there are other... That's one fight league... There are several fight leagues in MMA, and they, they run their own fight league, which is the equivalent of the sanctioning bodies. It's almost as if they, they are two different models. They're two different oh. algorithms. They, they are two different sports. Um, and as you know, I, I cover both sports. So I know how they work. And I, I, I agree. And you do get the best fighting the best sooner, quicker. Yep. Um, it's also... Um, a different traje- trajectory for the fighters as well. So I think I don't disagree that we should be seeing these big fights within the sport, and um, that Tyson Fury needs to fight big fights. Dillian White, Derek Chisora, yes, fine, but you know we do need to see him. I want to see him fight Joshua, and I want to see him fight Usyk. I do hope we get those fights because if we don't get those fights in his career, something will be missing, and there will always be a debate about well, that, would Usyk You Sicken who would have won out of Usyk and Fury. It's got to correct. Happen.
4: And, and listen, listen. You said at the top of the show, you, you know, you said, "What does this fight with Ngannou have?" on the long-term impact of Tyson Fury's legacy. When we sit down, when Tyson does eventually retire, and hopefully he's got four or five years left in the game, he's only 34 years of age, so let's give him an allowance. This is not a Floyd Mayweather situation where he's 40 years of age and he's making as much money as possible with the biggest opponents, superstar opponents as possible, like he did with McGregor. This is a different situation. This is Tyson at 34 going, right, where's the money at? Right, let's do that fight because I can dictate whatever I want because he controls the heavyweight division. But
2: he, I think he does want a Joshua and Usyk fight. I, it's not just... If he wanted it, Gareth, we'd it, be getting it. No, I don't... I'm, I think I, I think it's a bigger picture than that. I think the complexity of... Listen, he hasn't done himself any favours with his PR and what he's put out in the last few months at times. But I think there is a bigger chess game going on the whole time, where everybody's after the money grab. Wilders after the money grab, Usyk's after the money grab. They are; they're all. U6
4: Usyk, defending his belt in Poland against Daniel Dubois. Gareth, and tickets start at twelve. As a twelve to one
2: on favorite, as a twelve to one. And on tickets favorite.
4: start at twelve dollars in a fight ordered by the WBA, not by absolutely. Or, Listen, or Usyk. I
2: applaud it. I applaud it, but. They're all they've all got their eyes on Saudi Arabia. We should have seen here's the bottom line. We should have seen Fury and Usick already. We should have seen Fury and Joshua already. Yeah? Yeah. It's it's a whole promotional chess game. It's a Game of Thrones going on. Um we won't we we can sit here now and say all these things. In two or three years' time, we'll look back on now and we'll see whether. We were right or not about whether they Mm -hmm. were fully intending to fight each other. Honest, you know, does Fury really have any fears stepping into the ring against Alexander Usyk? He has so so many advantages; he ought not to fear it. You know, does Usyk really want to fight Fury? Of course he does. Is his chance at ultimate legacy? He's an already an extraordinary boxer with an, an amazing resume and a guy who's really. I think, almost outshone or could outshine what Evander Holyfield did from cruiserweight to heavyweight, if he can get a victory over Fury and a victory over Deontay Wilder. That would be extraordinary. He, he would become one of the all-time greats. So, And these guys want this, because the fighters themselves don't fear each other. But there are so many promotional, broadcast, financial, territorial issues... In the way of this. Yes, we can say what we want, but we can't make it happen. They're going to no. do it.
4: What what we're saying is we're talking for, I'd like to think we're talking for the fans. Fans who love boxing, mainstream audience that gravitate to boxing where big fights happen, would gravitate to those fights. The AJs, the Wilders, the Usyks, the Furies. They're the fights that make sense. Yeah. These yeah. fights with the likes of Ngannou, uh, uh, you're, you're trying to cross over. You're trying to force something that isn't there. Now, congratulations to Frank, to top-rank, everyone that negotiated. The, Saudis, the Saudi Arabians have bit on it. Yeah, we like the idea of baddest man on the planet. It would only be the baddest man on the planet fight if it was Ngannou's rule set, if it was mixed martial arts.
2: Well, they should do both. Cage. Frankly, I think they should do both. If they do it, you do a boxing and you do an MMA. That's what I think should happen.
4: But you know, Tyson wins the boxing match whenever he wants to win it, and Gani wins the MMA fight whenever he wants to win it. That, that's just the, the two agreed. completely different sports. Yeah, so, yeah.
6: yeah.
4: listen, I, I the problem with the problem with yes, this is what we've seen before. Yes, this is the way boxing works. It's always been like this. I get it. But the but in 2023, the sport world, the sports entertainment world, has changed. There's so many channels, there's so much live content, there's so many other ways to direct your enthusiasm in sports that actually deliver when they should deliver. Mayweather, Pacquiao was five, six years too late. And that was evident in both the performances and potentially in the gate. It could have made so much more money. And they could have had three fights and made an absolute fortune. And that's the whole thing now with Usyk. And Fury and AJ, these guys could have fought each other three or four times, made astronomical yeah. money, and also put boxing back on top as the number one pay-per-view driver in world sports. But instead, they're all looking for the most amount of money with the least amount of resistance, and that's bad for
2: the sport. It is bad for the sport, but we, we, we've, this month, for example, in Las Vegas, we're getting Terence Crawford and yes. too Spence. That's three years too late. Yeah. Boxing has a history of shooting itself in the foot in this way. I mean, I just talk from years of covering it where you just wonder it doesn't matter how much you bang your head against the wall or how much you scream at all of this, it's it's we've we've used this expression so many times. It's the wildest of wild wests. And and it it doesn't have a world governing body saying, No, you're doing it like this, no you're doing it like that. Everyone just plays within the rules uh, within the rules of the sanctioning bodies, which suit the big names and the big promoters and the most famous fighters and and unfortunately it it's not satisfactory. I agree with you it's the way the way it's all run um, and I think George Warren has said it best so far with the Saudi money involved in, in certainly in heavyweight boxing right now. It's a blessing, but it's a curse. Yeah. and 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 that and that's where the scales are at the moment um fury wins does oh, yeah. it do big numbers does it does no. it, do, even though we criticize it, even yeah. though we are criticising it. Yeah, Does the the timing's
4: yeah. all wrong for the, the the only the only the only numbers that matter is the American pay per view market. Francis and Ghana, who's never been a pay per view driver, the timing's all wrong because it's in the Middle East. It, it, it doesn't do much in pay per view, in my opinion. No, it's all about the site fee. That's that's where the money comes from.
2: We're going to talk about um, Usyk and Krasiuk in a minute. Um, on Fury, do you think we'll see Fury Usyk next year? Yes. Me too. I hope so. <laughs> oh, that <was> hope. <laughs> You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we'll hear from Camp Music. What do they make of this week's announcements? You're listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2 with me, Gareth Davis, and the one and only Mr. Nick Peet. Nick, um, Warsaw, Poland on Monday, uh, saw... Alexander Usyk go face to face with Daniel Dubois, obviously defends the, um, notably the WBA, the IBF, and WBO titles against him on August the twenty sixth, um, in what is expected to be a fantastic event in Poland, a, a major moment for the Ukrainian people just across the border from where obviously the troubles are, right now in their their home country. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier that you know you have to applaud Usyk for wanting to keep hold of those belts in pursuit of that road to the undisputed that he's after. Um, Daniel Dubois seemed to take it in his stride on Monday, but does he have what it takes to to beat Jusik, in your view? Can he can he upset the apple cart? Because it would be upsetting the apple cart in Poland for him to, what would have to be, I imagine, stop Jusik rather than out. Him, because I just don't see him winning on points.
4: No, no, not at all. Um, you know, the, this, this game's about levels, isn't it? And Alexander Usyk, for me, is pound for pound, best fighter on the planet across every weight division. You know, I think he's he, he's proven that not only from his amateur pedigree, but certainly coming through into the into the professional, cleaning out the cruiserweight division, all on the road, cleaning out, you know, picking up most of the belts in the heavyweight division with those back-to-back wins over AJ. It truly is, you know, the, the 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 most perfect fighter out there right now, and uh, it's a massive gargantuan task for Daniel Dubois to upset that. You'll hear a lot of things like puncher's chance around it, and you'll also hear the fact that listen, Daniel's so young in his career that it's invaluable experience as he moves forward. Um, I just hope he doesn't have a brave corner because I think if Daniel gets in any kind of trouble whatsoever, I would throw the towel in and get him out of there. Because for me, this is all about the experience for Daniel Dubois. Being in a huge world title fight, away from home, you're facing the number one fighter on the planet, even though he's not the number one heavyweight on the planet, but pound for pound the best fighter on the planet. There's so much for him to take from this and move forward in his career. The plan for Daniel Dubois has got to be, in four or five years' time, when this generation starts to walk away, Daniel Dubois needs to be perfectly placed with the kind of experience he's bagging now to take over and to become a heavyweight champion. That's what I believe the the plan is with Daniel Dubois. Obviously, if he was to cause an upset, then it would be it would be stratospheric, and you know, no doubt it would put him into pole position for even bigger fights. But be careful what you wish for, if you're Daniel Dubois. Um, yeah, listen, this is, again, it's another issue with boxing. How How is Daniel Dubois at his age pushed forward for this fight and we can't get fights with three or four other guys, which would make more sense, but hey-ho. Listen, he's got to take his shot, Gareth, because you never know, with best laid plans, this might be Daniel's only opportunity for, to fight for a world title. So I've got no qualms whatsoever why he's taking it and going to Poland, because you've got to roll the dice.
2: Yeah, it's... A- I don't know if it'll be his only chance, but it's only chance for a while. Um, yeah. I concur with everything you said about him that experience here is is the key. Um, he doesn't look like he's got the beating of Alexander Usyk. Frank Warren will tell us differently, of course. Um, and, you know, they're a very wizened and very honed team now, K2 Promotions, with Oleksandr um, Usyk led by Alexander Krasiuk, who's become a kind of very political past master in the the last year or so, Um, who's done brilliant promotional work. Um, He can be stabbing you with his samurai sword while smiling at you and offering you coffee, as he proved with me um, when I spoke to him uh, for my Fight Club show on Boxing Social this week. Here's what he had to say, as usual winding up Tyson Fury?
6: When we speak about Tyson Fury, we don't speak with uh, disrespect, we respect him a lot. But we just enlist the facts, and the facts are that he, his behaviour is a little bit dodgy. He doesn't want to face Alexander Usyk, and it's understandable because he is the biggest threat for him in the heavyweight division probably it's much easier to fight Francis Ngannou and to get paid quite well would it, would he earn much respect oh some music coming <laughs> would he would he earn much respect from the fans this is the question and the biggest issue is that as I mentioned uh, to some of the YouTubers uh, yesterday, the disrespect to the fans is something that fans will never forgive
2: him. We saw Tyson Fury bite back at him earlier in the week as well during that press conference. Krasiuk, let's talk about Krasiuk for a minute. I think he's done a phenomenal job for Alexander Rusik, as has Egus Klimas. Egus Klimas is the bad cop. Krasiuk's the good cop. Um yeah. they they've done they've done a phenomenal job uh for Usyk, as you say, who has amazing PR, has um garnered a swathe of fans. He's he's mostly loved in the UK um of so many fighters um mm-hmm. from abroad. I mean I think he is so popular here. Um I just wonder whether Usyk will actually be really up for giving a masterclass on August the 26th, you know?
4: Yeah, listen, uh, there's no reason to believe he wouldn't because he's been a consummate professional his entire amateur and and professional career, you know? So, um, and I think, yes, they've done a magnificent job, but when you've got arguably one of the greatest talents of this generation, well, not arguably, one of the greatest talents of this generation... And he's got a personality to boot on social media. He's lots of fun. He enjoys being a boxer, which a lot of guys take it incredibly serious. We see with Usyk, he's always up for a laugh. He's always kind of, you know, poking fun at people and and being quite childish and funny, which people gravitate to. And on, on top of everything else, he will fight anybody, anywhere, anytime, as I said earlier. You know, his his career has proven that. His entire career two-weight world champion, unified mm. champion in the heavyweight division, undisputed champion in the cruiserweight division has been done on the road and more often than not done in devastating sensational fashion. So listen, they've got Usyk in one hand and they've got Lomachenko in another. Talk about capturing the talent of a, of an entire generation. So so yeah they're, they're very lucky men that they came along at the right time. But listen, Usyk versus Dubois fantastic that it's going to Poland fantastic that tickets as cheap as they are or start as cheap as they are I'd love to see that across the board in especially in the heavyweight division making valuable you know uh, cheap tickets if you like available to certain parts of communities and everything else it really brings boxing back together rather than outpricing people for the big fights I think that's great um and I you know personally I'd have been happy if he just said to the WBA here's your belt throw it in the bin but I think Usyk realises that the only way he can force Fiori a- or or any of these big opponents at the top into a position to fight him is by retaining all of these belts and being the key to undisputed in the heavyweight division because they may say it's not important, but for a lot of these guys, it is incredibly important. And that's why he's fighting Dubois. I don't believe he wants to fight Dubois. I think Dubois, at 25 years of age, isn't really fit to be in a ring with Alexander Usyk at this time. But I think Usyk will take him on. He will be 100% focused and we'll see another fantastic performance by the Ukrainian.
2: Yeah, I, I've got a feeling if he doesn't outbox him, I think he might well stop Dubois. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'd see him kind of... When you look at when you look what Anthony Joshua did, and he's definitely a lot more accomplished, far more accomplished than Dubois, Mm-hmm. Um, what he couldn't do with Usyk, even though he was much improved in the second performance. Yeah, I, I, I just see Usyk in that fight eventually befuddling and dismantling Dubois, and stopping him. Um, maybe, maybe seven, eight rounds in. Um, there's, there's, Daniel's you know, put up
4: with a lot in his short career as well, Gareth. Yeah, what's he yeah, on yeah. now? Is third or fourth head coach in twenty fights? That's that's a lot of changes for a young man.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, very quickly, I mean, uh, we've spent 59 minutes talking about the heavyweights. And not surprising, given that there were three fights uh, announced uh, in two days. And let's not forget, of course, Joe Joyce and Julie Zhang are rematching um, on September the 23rd. So everyone apart from Deontay Wilder, who I'd like to see, by the way, in with Yusik, before time closes on those two guys. Yes. Because I think that's another very difficult fight for Usyk, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and, and it's one that I want to see him have. Um, let's talk for one minute about, because there is other boxing going on right now. Uh, this weekend, uh, Josh Kelly facing Gabriel Alberto Corzo. Um, Josh Kelly in a great place. Um, and Alicia Baumgardner fighting Christina Linarda too. Um, two fights going on that, that boxing fans will have a lot of interest in this weekend, Nick?
4: Yeah, just once again, you know, the women showing the men how it's done. We've got yet again another undisputed title fight with Bum Gardner, uh, taking on Christina out in Detroit. That'll be a fantastic fight. And then closer to home in Newcastle, Josh Kelly has you say, stepping up to that international level to get himself a ranking. He's given up the British title now in front of us, home fans. I love this resurgence from Josh Kelly. Yes, he got beat by David Avanesian. Absolutely no shame in that. He's moved up a weight division. He's got a new lease of life right now. I think he's a fantastic talent. And uh, I think Corzo's, even though he's 18 and 0, Corzo, it looks fantastic. It's his first trip internationally. I think we'll see the very best of Josh Kelly. And by the way, Kaz Ashfak versus Liam Dillon is the British super featherweight title fight on that on the card. And that will be an absolute cracker.
2: Absolutely. Um, Nick, thank you so much for today. Fantastic debate around the heavyweight division. You've been listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. I'm Gareth Davis. Listen to all and subscribe to all channels on our fight stuff on TalkSport